Hello, mein Freund, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Talkin' Banff, the Nightcrawler Show. It's the bluest, fuzziest, elfiest podcast there is, and what it does best is talks about Nightcrawler. I'm your host, Ryan, and uh, today's episode is our final episode of Talkin' Banff, at least for this wave, this round. Uh, we are covering issue four of a four-issue limited series, 1985's Nightcrawler by Dave Cockrum. All right, so I think that uh, with this being the fourth part of a four-part series, we're all pretty used to how it goes, and so I think we can just jump right in to Nightcrawler number four. So the creative team on this one, it looks like it did change up a little bit. We still have Dave Cockrum writing and uh, penciling, but this time we have uh, Joseph Rubenstein on inks. We still have Patty on colors, but now we have Diana Albers on letters. But we still have Anosenti editing and Jim Shooter as the editor-in-chief. So a, a slight change, uh, but worth noting. Uh, the issue itself picks off right where the last one left off. The last issue ended with Nightcrawler, Kitty, Colossus, and Mean all captured by Chagrin, the evil sorcerer, the evil shark sorcerer. Uh, and they were like tied up to this, I don't know, some sort of a contraption. This, uh, it's not quite like wood with, you know, manacles and that sort of thing. It, it, it appears to be a lot more organic. They're kind of tied up with like tentacle style uh, appendages from, from whatever this device or, or contraption thing is. Uh, and of course, with with them being all chained up, they are at the mercy of Chagrin. And so he he goes into his uh, Bond villain speech, you know, with uh, finally, Boggy, I have you right where I want you, you know, right where I can I can kill you. And because I'm a sadistic, evil bad guy, um, I'm going to kill everyone else first so that you have to watch so that you will be, you know, the most anguished when it's finally time for for your demise uh, and of course, he, he calls Nightcrawler a boggy again, so Nightcrawler has to set him straight. And he's like, for the last time, I am not a boggy. Uh, and Chagrin's like, yeah, I get it. You keep saying that, but whatever. And then Mean's like, yeah, creep, he's a bamp. <laughs> so I just like that. And Nightcrawler's like, you shut up, you know, like, even though they're they're being held prisoner by this evil sorcerer, they're still like, you know, bickering and bantering with one another. It's perfect. Uh, Anyway, so Nightcrawler is like, I guess he's trying to stall him or what. He's asking him. He's like, you know, since you're going to kill me eventually anyway, you know, uh, you might as well explain how you're still alive and, you know, how you can teleport and all that. And uh, Chagrin, I think, knows better. I think he, he has, in fact, seen enough Bond movies to know you never go into your villainous monologue when you have the chance to, you know, utterly defeat your foe. And he actually says that. He's like, ah, you'd like to know that, would you? Well, you can just wonder... Because I'm not going to tell you, <laughs> which uh, I think is just Dave Cockrum's way of being like, you know, I don't really feel like explaining it. <laughs> I'm just going to throw him on the panel. And if anyone asks, he'll just be like, Meh, you know, it's a, it's another story for another time. Meanwhile, uh, this time we go and we, we check in with Kitty and Ileana, who uh, Kitty's got a crazed look in her eye. I'm, I'm telling you, she's starting to lose it. 
I don't know how long it's been in the real world at this point, weeks perhaps, uh, that her and Ilyana have been wearing the exact same clothes, still in the danger room, uh, you know, control center, control room, where all the danger room computers and such are. Uh, Ilyana's still wearing her Michael Jackson t-shirt, you know, so like they haven't changed, you know, and, and, and Kitty's starting to look a little a little unhinged uh, and she's like look here's here's an idea like we're, we're picking up a nightcrawler signal but we're picking up like a hundred other similar signals of uh you know so i i guess we'll just we'll zero in on the biggest one that's got to be nightcrawler right like the last one that we that we pulled in in, in the previous issue he was a little guy, you know, just a little bamf. So if we find the biggest signal, that's that's got to be Kurt because, you know, he's a, a full grown man. So she does. She locks into the signal and she she pulls through a dimensional gate. Uh, this creature that is not Nightcrawler and it's not a small little bamf. It is the dark bamf, the the like monstrous red furred evil looking bamf. So she pulls him in and he's like and, and the dark bamf is like, Hey, who dares play tricks on Dark Bamf? Put room back how it was, you know. And and so Kitty and, and Ilyana in the control room are, are scared. So Kitty just, you know, she reverses. She clicks the button again. She reverses it. She she returns him to sender, and uh, you know that they they are terrified. They're like, oh my gosh, Dark Bamf? Oh no! Uh, but then we we go and we check back in in Chagrin's lair, and this time we we go to our little boggy friend, and we see that he is you know, slinking through the hallways deep within the bowels of this I don't know, castle or fortress or, or whatever it happens to be. And he's looking for his other pals. He's looking for the rest of the Bamps back at the end of, uh, well, I guess it was back more at the beginning of, of uh, issue three where Chagrin came and he kidnapped not only uh, all the Bamps, but all of the female Bamps as well. And so of all of these Bamps, I don't know how many there were, 50, 100, however many, there's only one Bamf left. And so he's the one that, that teamed up with Nightcrawler. And so now that Nightcrawler and, and Kitty and Colossus and Mean have been uh, taken prisoner by Chagrin, it's up to the Bamf to uh, try to save the day. So he's trying to track down his uh, his fellow Bamfs while Chagrin is, is busy, while he's preoccupied, because maybe if he uh, frees everybody, then they can save the day. You know, they can swarm the castle and uh, rescue Nightcrawler and his compatriots and defeat Chagrin and all that. So he's he's kind of sneaking around and he, and he finds what appears to be the door of like a prison cell or a dungeon. And it's being guarded by like a Looney Tunes version of a Gamorrean guard, right? He's not quite as ugly, but he's still pretty piggish looking, uh, but he's purple instead of green. You know, you can't just copy him outright. Uh, but the Bamf walks in and, he, and he's like talking trash to him. And he's like, hey, pork face, your mother sweats bacon grease. And of course, like I said, this guy's, you know, he's, he's a pig looking. He looks like a Gamorrean guard. He's got the pig nose and the pig, I guess, warthog tusks and stuff. But yeah, he definitely looks like a, a pig creature. And he's like, oh, you know, Ma, oh, that's great. <laughs> and the vamp is like, oh, man, that that didn't go uh, according to plan. I guess I'll, I'll you know, d- try to insult him in another way. So he's like. I'll tell you something else, Porco. Your sister snorts elderberries, and that that sets off the creature. I get the you know the the pig guard guy. That sets him off. He uh, he he draws his sword and he's he's chasing the bamf down. He's like, ah, oh, you little pipsqueak. I'm I'm gonna uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna toin you into into two half pipsqueaks. Uh, 
so he's he's you know he's threatening great bodily harm you know great he's threatening him with great violence <laughs> Uh, but eventually what happens is the BAMP, who has all of his wits with him, uh, sharply turns a corner, which happens to lead like down this darkened staircase. Uh, and because he's so dexterous and, and agile, he turns the corner quickly and hops off to the side. And, uh, you know, the pig guy, not so much. He tries to turn the corner, loses his balance, squeals like a pig, and then falls down the stairs uh, where he is then rendered unconscious by the force of the ground meeting his face. So the BAMP runs down, he grabs the keys to the cell, uh, and then he, he he's poked in the back by this purple hand. He freaks out, he screams, and he turns around and he sees, oh, it's Lockheed, great. You know, little little Lockheed has, has caught up to the BAMP, and so the two of them are going to team up and go rescue the rest of the BAMPs. So they do, they they run over, he, he figures out which key it is, he turns the lock, throws open the door and he goes to tell his fellow BAMPs it's time to escape. And he is face to face with like 20 female BAMPs. And they all just, they, they all look about Kitty's size and age, uh, but they look like Nightcrawler. They're just girl versions of Nightcrawler. You know, they've got the same blue skin, the same, the same outfit, just like Nightcrawler, just like the rest of the BAMPs, three fingers, three toes, that whole thing, tail. I think I already mentioned, you know, yellow eyes and all that, but they're, they're females. Um, and so the BAMP is, is super excited. He's like, oh, hey, this, well, this is better than, this is better than freeing the BAMPs and saving the day. Like it's, it's the girls and he's here all by himself. He even says, he's like, oh, my great aunt Fanny's sauerkraut cupcakes. I've died and gone to heaven. It's the girls. And he's thinking to himself, like, I can't believe my luck. And here I am all alone with all the girls. <laughs> and the girls just immediately are like, well, it's about time you showed up to rescue us sport. Like we're out of here. And he's like, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. You know, like we we were all kidnapped by that wizard. And so what say we go give him what for? And all the girls are like, you said it, pal, let's go. And they're all, they're all yelling. Uh, one of them is like, yeah, let's go clean his clock. And then the other one's like, let's punch his ticket, check his hat, cancel his reservation, press his pants, kick his bucket, rotate his tires. <laughs> uh, and so the BAMP's like, all right, like, like let's just, let's go. And he hops onto uh, Lockheed and like rides Lockheed into battle. He's yelling like charge and all the female BAMPs are, are running behind him, you know, as they're, they're galloping off to, uh, to give Chagrin, well, they're going to, you know, kick his bucket and, and press his pants and so on. <laughs> uh, so we check back in with Chagrin and Nightcrawler and, and all the rest. Uh, the dark BAMP had, had disappeared and, and reappeared and Chagrin's like, yo, what the, what the heck was that, man? Like you were here, then you weren't. Now you're here again. What's going on? And the dark BAMP's like, man, I don't know. Like that, I was, I was gone, and it was like everything went squiggly, and then it was all these straight lines, and and now I'm here. <laughs> and Chagrin's like, don't do it again. And the dark BAMP just says, like, yeah, dark BAMP is only a pawn in the game of life. <laughs> and so Chagrin, you know, Chagrin's just like idiot, you know, grumble, grumble. And uh, he, he walks back over and he's he's about to, to talk some more trash to Nightcrawler. And of course, Nightcrawler's like, looks to me like you're losing control of your operation here, Shaggy. Uh, <laughs> and Chagrin here is like, I don't get no respect. Like, show me some respect. And, and Nightcrawler even calls him Rodney. He's like, in your hat, Rodney. Uh, but at that time, you know, before Chagrin can, you know, strike Nightcrawler in anger or whatever for, for not getting no respect, uh, he's immediately set upon by uh, the BAMF and Lockheed and the appearance of 
you know, all of these angry female bamps, you know, they all, they're all attacking, you know, get them girls. They're all fighting. They're breaking all of his stuff. Like there's, there's a couple bamps that have surrounded Shagreen and they're throwing punches, but the ones that weren't able to get close enough to him, they're over here. They're, they're upturning tables. They're throwing books off the shelf. They're, they're breaking all of his various apparatus, apparatuses. I don't know. What's the plural for apparatus? Is it just apparatus? Is it one of those like moose? Oh, well, I don't know. Either way, they're breaking them all. Eventually they, they, you know, as they're breaking stuff, slowly moving further into the room, they catch up to where Nightcrawler and his friends are being held captive. And uh, they kind of have the same reaction to seeing Nightcrawler that the Banff had to see in them. They're like, oh, hey, you know, it's our, it's our lucky day. Look at this handsome fella, hubba hubba, you know. They're all trying to kiss Nightcrawler and stuff. And he's like, get, get away from me. Like, get out of here. Uh, I think maybe this isn't where he said, no, he, he, he makes a comment a little later, uh, which I, which makes sense considering that, like I said, they, they look, they're the same size and age of, you know, Kitty, who's like a, a, a girl anyway. Nightcrawler is like, get away from me, you know? And, uh, by this time, Chagrin is finally, you know, he's, he's fought them all off and everything. And he's, he's saying, you know, you dare attack me in my very own sanctum. I've had enough of this rabble. And he, he uses, I don't know, he uses some uh, some magic to like incapacitate all of the female bamps like in one in one fell swoop, you know, and he's like he, he calls them uh, boglet wretches and he, he's about to, to finish them off. You know, he's like, they must be dealt with once and for all. Say goodbye to them, Boggy. He's yelling at Nightcrawler as he has them like in this like green glowing magic aura thing. Uh, but at that moment, we're we're interrupted by the narrator of the story who says, like, but Chagrin's ominous intentions never come to fruition, for he suddenly experiences a terrible feeling of deja vu. And, like, you see this lightning bolt of sorts, like, just come crashing through the walls of where he's at. Uh, and he's like, no, my wall blowing in again. And someone is there in the rubble in the doorway. It's Windrider. And it's Storm. It's like it's this world's version of Storm, who is, you know, the Wind Rider. She is an actual weather witch. Uh, she's got a pretty cool costume on. It's very reminiscent to like her original costume, but it's got all these different lightning bolts and stuff on the body of the suit, as well as like the little cape things. And then her like her headdress is all big and, and over exaggerated and it's all jagged, you know, like a lightning bolt and stuff. It looks really cool. I, I have to say, like, the team of Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Kitty, and Wolverine, like, to me, those are my definitive X-Men. Like, those five, throw Rogue on the team, uh, you know, all the, the, the post-Dark Phoenix once Kitty joins and Scott leaves, and then eventually they bring Rogue into the team. Like, that that's my X-Men. Like, that is my definitive six X-Men roster man i love that team it's not to say that there's not other teams that i thoroughly enjoy i also really love the x-men blue team uh but you know the the 90s blue team of course from adjectiveless x-men but i mean i don't know it's just it's these characters that uh that claremont put so much love into and they're super fleshed out they all work really well they have well-established flaws but they're all like just this happy family they all stick 
stick out for one another or stick up for one another, I should say, but they all just work together really well. They complement one another and the stories that they tell as a team, like it just flows from their interpersonal relationships. I just really love it. You have guys like Dave Cockrum and John Byrne who have both left like indelible marks on so many of these characters. So it's, it's fun to see Nightcrawler and all of these other versions of the X-Men and how it still fits, like how he still fits into this team and they all complement one another, even though they're not his exact family from his actual dimension. I just, I just love this team. It's so great. Anyway, wind rider shows up and she's like, you know, we've had enough of you. You foul sorcerer. Like I'm here to, to take you in and make sure that you suffer the consequences of all of your hideous deeds and, and evil that you've perpetrated over the years and stuff. And so they have this big like wizard battle with, uh, with wind rider, you know, this weather, witch just blasting at Shagreen with, you know, magical lightning and stuff. You've got Shagreen using his, his staff as a, as a way to, uh, you know, counteract her magic as well, but it's enough of a distraction. You know, nightcrawler finally sees his, his opportunity. Uh, at this point, Shagreen is more than evenly matched by Storm, by Wind Rider. And so it's not like it is with the Boggies, where at first he's overwhelmed until he gets his bearing. And so he's not really distracted for very long. Like this is a straight up, like he's battling all he can against Wind Rider. And Nightcrawler knows that he's got none of Shagreen's attention right now. So he comes up with an idea. He's like, I, I've been using my tail to try to find weak spots in this contraption thing that has us chained up or whatever you know it has us uh, incapacitated and so he starts moving his tail all over the place uh, on this thing and it turns out like it's a living creature it's some sort of like a weird tentacle beast uh that also happens to be very ticklish and so (laughs) nightcrawler is using his tail to tickle here and there and uh, eventually the beast tickles and is laughing so hard it guffaws and it frees Colossus, Nightcrawler, Mean, and Kitty. They all get freed. And, and uh, yeah, that, it's it's really strange. At that point, uh, now that Kitty is like getting her bearings back, she kind of glances out, not the window, but like the hole in the wall where Windrider had arrived. And she sees Lockheed, not the little Lockheed, but the big Lockheed, who we thought was lost to some weird like squid tentacle kraken thing that had pulled it underwater and that's even what kitty says she's like ah lockheed you big galoot like what happened like we're so i'm so glad to see you where what happened to you and he's like oh yeah well you know i was fighting that squid thing and then i ate it and it was delicious and then i thought you know if i'm uh, i might as well bring some help because you know they 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 might be outclassed against this evil shark sorcerer guy so he's like i went and i uh i went and i grabbed wind rider and told her where she can find you and so she wanted to come help out <laughs> uh, and Kitty's like, oh, thank you. You know, like that was a, a, a great thing to do. So here we are again, you know, at this point, not only is, was, was Wind Rider such a match for Chagrin that he wasn't able to uh, give his attention to, to Nightcrawler and Pals, he also lost his concentration uh, on the on the Bamps, all the, all the girl Bamps that are there. Uh, they're suddenly they're they're able to suddenly wake up and everything they revive and they just kind of run for cover and everything and they're like oh no this is no place for a single girl and they're all they're all just running away from the battle and and so at that point colossus is like ah well you know i do not duck for cover i will happily fight so he's running up behind 
Chagrin looking to to you know hit him in the back, cold cock him, and the uh, dark bamp kind of appears and he's like, I don't think so, Tin Man. And so he smashes down, you know, bamp smash onto onto Colossus, and I don't know, like incapacitates him. But at that point, Nightcrawler had like found a mace that was just you know among the among the rebel uh, where uh, when the she bamps had come in and, and knocked everything about. Um, and so he he grabs this mace and he's like, all right, well, last time I was battling this evil sorcerer guy, uh, his weakness was his staff. You know, I, I damaged his staff. So Nightcrawler is like, I, I might as well, you know, see if I can go two for two. He he lunges at Shagreen when uh, when Shagreen is is busy, you know, when he's he's uh, putting his attitude, not his attitude, he's, he's putting his attention on someone else. And so Kurt jumps over and he smashes uh, with the mace. He smashes this like giant green orb gem thing at the top of the staff, but it doesn't do anything. All it does is uh Chagrin is then alerted to Nightcrawler's presence and he uses the staff to just shoot this massive force blast. It sends Nightcrawler flying all the way across the room and he yells at night and Chagrin yells at Nightcrawler. He's like, you think I'm dumb enough to, to have, you know, to do the same thing twice. Like last time I put it in there, you smashed it. So you really think I'd be dumb enough to put it there? Like my source of magic is hiding somewhere else. Fool, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but meanwhile, you know, Nightcrawler, like I said, he's flown across the room. And of course he landed in the gaggle of, uh, of girl bamps and they're all like, Oh, you know, poor baby. Shall I, give you a kiss and make you feel better and that sort of thing. And Nightcrawler is like, ladies, please, you know, like there's the wrong time. It's the wrong place. And like, frankly, you all, you seem like my kid's sister. Y'all kind of remind me of someone. I can't really, you know, I can't really quite put my finger on it. And it's like, dude, they're just, they're like kitty versions of Banff, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, you, you remind me of like my little sisters. Like you all just look exactly like me. And it's, not really my bag, you know, it's not my thing. Not that, uh, you know, blue furry women aren't his thing. And in Excalibur, there are plenty of times where Megan's abilities, when she's feeling uh, relatively romantic towards Nightcrawler, has taken on, you know, his appearance and stuff, and that hasn't really bothered him. So it's not that they're blue and furry, because that would be, you know, that, that wouldn't be cool if he's like, well, I can be blue and furry, but my ladies can't be blue and furry. Come on, that's weird. No, he just, they're, they seem very young. So he's like, nah, you know, not, uh, not really my thing. Meanwhile, uh, it says, meanwhile, a couple of dimensions down the street, uh, we check back in with Kitty and, uh, and Ileana. And this time Kitty has made some interesting calculations. She's put some interesting things on the computer. And rather than like trying to just pull Nightcrawler into the dimension, they're like looking into the dimension uh, that he is in and they're actually seeing this battle play out. They're looking at it and they're like, Holy cow, look, there's nightcrawler. And there's, there's that dark bamp thing. Look, there's Lockheed. And she's like, is that And kitty spies herself? She's like, is that me? And like, and that's Colossus over there. And, and that's storm. Like they're all, it's they're looking at it and they're like, this is weird. And it, it, it goes the other way. Like all the people that are fighting, they see like these big, you know, spectral versions of like Kitty and Ilyana up in the sky. And they're like, what in the heck is going on? Like this, everything's getting all crazy and stuff. 
Uh, meanwhile, Kitty's like, well, you know, if I'm if I'm like this floating disembodied head, I'll I'll see what I can do. Uh, you know, and maybe I can yell at them and affect the battle. So she she's like, Ahem. you know, I'm the great and powerful wizard of Shaz. Um, and Shagreen's <laughs> like, get out of here, fool. You know, and he he blasts this beam at her, and uh, it like it comes through somehow. There's like a dimensional rift open, and it it comes through into where kitty and Ilyana are and it knocks kitty and she like falls into it and she ends up falling through and like dimension she, they call it a dimensional slipstream she falls into the oh excuse me she falls into the trans-dimensional slipstream and ends up falling right into the middle of the battlefield like right in between chagrin and wind rider and everyone's confused and scared and uh and Lockheed immediately is like, yes, it's Kitty. And he flies over and he's, he's you know, he's making hearts at her and he's cooing and stuff. He's, he's finally, you know, it's finally Kitty. He's happy to see her. It's, it's you know, the, 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 it's his, I don't, I don't know. He loves Kitty and he's glad she's there. <laughs> uh, and so, of course, Ilyana freaks out and she's like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? Like Kitty just fell into here. I'm not the tech whiz. So. <laughs> So Ileana just covers her eyes and uh, hopes upon hope that what she does is the right thing. And she just randomly presses a button and it works. Kitty and Lockheed, they are pulled back into their regular dimension. And Kitty's like, oh my gosh, like you did it. What, what, what did you do? Like, we got to get Kurt back. If, if whatever you did, if it worked for me, it's got to work for Kurt. Like, what did you do? And Ilyana's like, I don't know. Like I had my eyes closed. I was covering my eyes. I wasn't looking. I have no idea. Oh no. Like that. So they're, they're back at square one. Nevertheless, the battle between Chagrin and Windrider uh, just keeps, keeps raging. You know, they're, they're temporarily uh, ceasefire at the, uh, the appearance. And then uh, almost as quick disappearance of Kitty and and Lockheed, uh, you know that that's over, and so they they are beginning to to fight. But uh, Kurt notices at that point that the Wind Rider is starting to uh, to feel the wear and tear of battle. You know, her, her magic seems to be like a natural magic, whereas Chagrin's seems to be some sort of like a focused magic from an outside source, and so it's it's a little more tireless than uh, than Wind Riders. And so at that point, Kurt has been like watching the battle ensue from the sidelines. And uh, he he thinks he figured it out. He's you know he snaps his fingers. He's like ah I think I got it. You know like Chagrin lied when he was like my the source of my power is elsewhere. Like no nah, he he needs it close by. There's a reason why he keeps clutching his staff. Uh, and uh, Kurt's thinking like the magic is either the staff itself or Kurt notices there's like a very small gem at the bottom of the staff as well. Very very small. So Kurt has grabbed this chain and he throws it over and he grabs the staff from the hand of Chagrin and he yanks it to him. Uh, at that point, Sh- uh, Chagrin's like, no, my staff, which of course that lets Kurt know that, yeah, he was right. Like the staff still is the source of power. It just wasn't the big green gem glass sphere or whatever at the top. It was something else. So at that point, you know, uh, he's distracted. Wind Rider finally hits him with a blast. You know, she, she sees an opening. So she hits him with some lightning, some, some more electric magic. She knocks Shagreen down 
And at that point, Kurt's like, I guessed it, didn't I, Chagrin? Like, it's not, it wasn't the big thing at the top. It's this little one here at the bottom. And uh, Chagrin's like, you know, curse you, Boggy, curse you to death. Like, you've been a thorn in my side ever since you came into my life. Which is ironic because Chagrin was the one that brought him into his life in the first place because he wanted his teleportation magic. And we all saw that eventually he got that magic anyway. He didn't even need the Boggies or the Bamps or anything for it. Somehow he figured it out on his own. So, oh well. So Nightcrawler takes the staff with the little tiny jewel on the bottom. He smashes the jewel and that sends uh, all kinds of weird stuff. There's like this huge... Uh, shockwave of like sorcerous energy that envelops the whole area and it knocks Kurt loose from his uh, his dimensional tether he starts falling again into another trans-dimensional vortex and as he's falling through he at least gets some good news as he's falling through he sees that the dark bamf there was all this evil sorcerous power around the dark bamf and as it begins to dissipate the dark bamf slowly starts to multiply and shrink. And eventually the dark bamf breaks down into uh, several hundred normal sized bamfs. So we see that Chagrin had taken all the bamfs and like magically merged them together into one. And once the magic was no longer holding them together as one being, they all revert back to their normal size. And uh, before we see where Nightcrawler lands in his uh, trans-dimensional fall, I guess, uh, we, we at least get some closure on this version of the X-Men. Uh, once all of the BAMPs revert to normal, they realize that they are in the presence of all the female BAMPs. And they're like, oh boy, like, there are, they're all, it's the girls, they're all ours, yay! And of course, the girl BAMPs are like, uh-oh, here we go. And so they teleport, they, you know, they bamf away. All the other bamfs follow suit. So all the bamfs have bamfed away, which leaves Colossus, Kitty, Windrider, Mean, and Chagrin. And so they uh, they chain up Chagrin. They, they kind of cuff him and everything. And Colossus is like, what are we supposed to do with this wretched wizard? And Windrider's like, we were going to seal him away somewhere where, where he is capable of no further harm and all that. And then she's like, hey, by the way, what happened to the tall, good-looking Bamf that uh, that I saw from afar? And and uh, and this is great. I love Mean here. Mean's like he's not a Bamf. He's a Boggy. And then someone I don't know who someone yells, "He's not a Boggy!" And then Mean's like, "I don't care what it is as long as he's gone." And so that's when we check in and we see what happened to Nightcrawler. We see Nightcrawler on another world, and he he just pops right in. And uh, we see a leg, like a cowboy leg, uh, off from, and the rest of this character's off panel, and we just hear, like, what in tarnation? I'm not going to do the voice the whole time. But <laughs> the page turns, and it's like a T-Rex, or like maybe a Velociraptor, I don't know. It's a, He's not super big or anything. He's maybe a, a few feet taller than, than Nightcrawler. But it looks like this cowboy, you know, quick-draw style... Uh, T-Rex uh, and he, he calls himself Cretaceous Sam and he's like the only thing I hate more than a, than a mammal is two mammals and he like pulls out his six shooters and he's about to blast Nightcrawler and Nightcrawler's like wait a second you know hang on now like I'm not a, a mammal I'm a boggy <laughs> uh, 
uh, and, the, and the T-Rex is like, what the, what, what in tarnation's a buggy? And so Nightcrawler just, you know, he, he's gotten close enough to him and he, he sucker punches him right in the head and uh, he knocks him out and, and Kurt's like, I must be going crazy. I willingly referred to myself as a boggy in order to like trick this, you know, Cretaceous Sam. <laughs> and he's yelling to himself, like, get me out of this madhouse. Uh, and then almost on cue, he falls into another trans-dimensional vortex. As soon as he yells, you know, get me out of this mess, he immediately starts teleporting through another world. He pops out and he pops in somewhere else. Uh, and, and this place, uh, he, it's there's like this weird little, I don't know, like a toucan skunk thing that's just sitting there, like looking at Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler's like, you know, that I might be done for. Like if I never get back to to civilization, let alone my own dimension, I'm gonna be a goner. Like uh, I'm gonna, I'm a flying Dutchman. I'm not even Dutch. Like what is going on? And he even tries to say like Mixie's Pitalik backwards, which doesn't work. So <laughs> he tries to say Nightcrawler backwards, which also doesn't work. And then. As he's sitting there, you know, woe is me thinking about how, you know, how is he going to get out of this place? He's attacked by this weird, I don't know, creature that le- that yells like Uga in his face. It just looks like this giant, like insectoid kind of creature. And uh, it looks very predatory. And so Nightcrawler's like, oh, and he bamps away. And and he he realizes as soon as he lands, he's like, wait a second. That was the Uga beast. I know where I am. And he's looking around and he sees like a settlement off in the distance. that's growing out of this like very large purple tree. It's very interesting. Uh, but he, he recognizes where he is and he yells. He's like, ah, I just, I know, you know, I, and I know someone who can help me get home. Like she lives in the city here and he bamps again. And this time he's like on, on this weird purple tree thing. He's like at one of the dome civilizations and he's like, Sev, the Oracle, like, good she's still at the same old place uh and it's a it's a reference to his adventure with vanisher that he was mentioning way back in the beginning of the first issue you know the the storyline that took place in bizarre adventures number 27 which i'm gonna have to look up and see if that is on marvel unlimited because i would love to read that maybe do a you know a, a, a talking bamf special down the line where i cover bizarre adventures number 27 but we'll see i'm i'm getting ahead of myself here let's jump back into this issue because we've only got a few pages left in this story so he's arrived at this oracle place that belongs to this this person named sev uh, and he arrives and there's like these women and they're like hey hot dog look who it is like it's he's it's kurt he's back what wonderful you know like we were hoping we'd get to see you again we never see anyone twice and Kurt's like, yeah, you know, well, unfortunately, I'm not here to stay. I, I need to see Sev so I can get home. And, and they're like, yeah, well, all right, fine. Uh, so he walks over and it's it's just a TV screen. He walks up to a TV screen. It says on the screen, there is nothing wrong with your set. And he's talking to it as if it's a person. He's like, hey, Sev, you know, uh, are you are you in? You know, like, I, I need a bit of help if if you don't mind. Um, and on the, the TV screen pops up the, the face of an, of an elderly, you know, a friendly elderly lady. And she's like, yes, what is it? Oh, Gainsborough, it's you. So I assume that Gainsborough was his name in that uh, Strange Adventures or, or Bizarre Adventures, whatever it was, uh, number 27. I guess he, he went by the name Gainsborough. 
Um, either way, she's like, oh, yes, Gainsborough, I'm, you know, I'm glad to see you again. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, it's unfortunately it's it's bad circumstances. You see, I need help because I was I fell into this dimensional warp and and she cuts him off. She's like, oh, no, it's fine. I know all about it. You know, the well at the center of time and all that. And you fell in and this and that. She's like, the, the reason why is because you still had like that innate magical uh, energy was still with you from your last adventure you know, when, when last we were acquainted and all that, she's like, plus, you know, all that magic from, you know, being in the presence of the, the sorcerer chagrin, like all of that magic is inside of you. That's why you've been on this weird dimension hopping adventure. She goes, but you know, like the thing is like, you have the power to send yourself home. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Nightcrawler's like, you gotta be kidding me. And like, I can Alice in Wonderland it or not, not Alice in Wonderland. He's like, I can wizard of Oz myself home. Like, what you just telling me all I have to do is, is tap my Ruby slippers and, and say, there's no place like home. And she's like, well, not quite. Like all you have to do is, is imagine your home, like picture your home, your, your place where you're supposed to be your, your friends, your family, the, the, the loved ones that, that make your life worthwhile. She's like, all you have to do is, is picture them and then reach out with this uh, this dark force that's still in you that's uh, that's merged with Shagreen's magic. She's like, and give it a little push, and all, you, and and you do that, and you'll find yourself at home. And Kurt's like, well, you know, all right, if that's all I have to do, I guess I'll I'll start doing it. And she's like, well, you know, wait, I hang on. Like, next time you come by, if if you come by again, like, bring me one of those giant screen TVs. Uh, but you know, otherwise, you know, have have a good, safe voyage home. And uh, th- that's exactly what Kurt does. You know, he uh, he he starts to picture home, the danger room, all of his friends and family. He pushes himself and uh, we check back in at this point as Kurt is, uh, you know, uh, concentrating on on home. We check back in with uh, with Kitty and Eliana and they're over here complaining about having to go back to square one. And and uh, that might not even work because Kitty thinks that she's pretty much tried everything so going back to square one would probably just be as fruitless as all of these last attempts and Ileana's like yeah but we can't give up kitty like we have to keep trying to find nightcrawler when suddenly right there in the danger room kurt manifests himself he he kind of bamfs in through this this trans-dimensional portal and he's home he yells like i'm home i'm home he sees kitty in the room she's yelling like fuzzy elf and and, he, and kurt's yelling up to her like don't you dare touch those controls i'm home like let's just leave it be uh and, and kitty is like overjoyed to see that kurt is home so she just jumps through the wall phases through the wall grabs kurt in a big hug and she's like you know we think thank goodness like we <laughs> thank goodness we rescued you and like we're so glad you're home. Don't ever, you know, we thought you were lost forever and don't ever, don't ever leave us again and all that. And Kurt's like, sure, but like, don't break my neck while you're hugging me or what? Otherwise my promise isn't going to mean anything. Uh, and so everyone's happy, you know, Kurt and, uh, and Ilyana and Kitty and Lockheed, and they're all happy to be home and reunited and, and everyone is, is in working order. And so they're, they're heading off to, I don't know, have dinner or something. I'm sure that they're all hungry. Um, uh, and, <laughs> and as they're, they're walking away, we get a little, uh, saucy Ileana stuff here. Um, she says like, let's go get some milk and cookies and you can tell us all about your adventures. I especially want to hear what happened when the computer grabbed off your costume. 
<laughs> and, and Nightcrawler's like, hey, you're too young for that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, and and Kitty makes a, a, a slightly more vulgar reference, <laughs> and, uh, and the issue ends. So that is it. That is Nightcrawler number four, and that is the uh, that is how we close out the 1985 Nightcrawler miniseries by by Dave Cockrum. So there you go. I love this these four issues. They're so much fun. It's it's such a, a like a typical Nightcrawler adventure. There's pirates and and knights. There's uh, sword fights and sorcerers. But uh, they throw in some interesting kitty stuff. We get like the return of all the different uh, kitties fairy tale uh, characters, and and we get to see the Bamps and the girl Bamps and everything. I don't know. It's just a it's a really fun story, and it kind of makes me wish that we get to spend more time with those versions of the X Men. Like I want to see kitty and colossus and uh and and you know big lockheed and wind rider and like maybe one or two of the you know the more impetuous bamps and maybe even a she bamp or two go on an adventure where maybe they team up with the Jinjav to fight the pirates or something like i don't know i just i would love to see those versions of the characters more uh, those would be deep cut like marvel legends or uh or funko pops you know <laughs> it's just just these like super deep cut, like, oh yeah, the the versions of the X-Men from the Nightcrawler mini that doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a fun story. I really like it. I love Dave Cockrum. I, I love how his, uh, how he draws Nightcrawler and all the other characters as well. It's a, it's very, it's very much him, you know, like you look at his artwork and you're like, yeah, this is definitely, definitely Dave Cockrum's art. So I really enjoyed this series. The writing was was fun. The, there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff here. I don't know, just uh, very satisfying. So I'm glad I got to cover these four issues uh, and do these four episodes of, of Talk and Banff. So, my friend, there you have it. That is today's episode. That will do it for Talking Banff, and uh, that will do it for the 1985 Nightcrawler miniseries. And I hope that uh, you all enjoyed it as much as I did. I've had a blast these last four episodes talking about one of, you know, if not my favorite X-Man, Nightcrawler. Uh, like I said, uh, I, I am planning to do a uh, Talking Banff special down the line at some point because it uh as it turns out bizarre adventure number 27 is in fact on marvel unlimited uh and so i should be able to cover the nightcrawler story from that so i think that would be fun and there's also a couple other nightcrawler stories i'd really enjoy talking about um on the podcast so uh yeah talking vamp look for that to be maybe a recurring segment uh but at least at the very least look for a talking banff special coming up at some point while i while i cover this um as for future episodes of talking snicked of course i am still planning to finish the omega red month <laughs> that we started in may and uh, and never finished because i've just been severely procrastinating here uh, and of course i also am still planning to cover uh, all of the Wolverine 
scripted podcasts from Marvel. So, you know, the, the long night and the lost trail doing a recap of those, maybe just like a review or something. And then of course, like a, a big review of wastelanders Wolverine. Of course, we've also had the newest wastelanders series drop, which is wastelanders doom, which is all about Dr. Doom and the fantastic four and all that. But of course I've only listened to the Wolverine of all the wastelanders. There's like star Lord and, and black widow and, uh, Hawkeye, like old man Hawkeye, I think. And maybe there was one other one, but I'm not sure. But either way, there's been quite a few. The Wolverine one is the only one that I've listened to. And and of course, I really loved that that series. So I definitely want to talk about those. And then, yeah, I think uh, the original plan was to do Wolverine crossovers from like with non-Marvel characters. And so I'm still doing research and such on that. I think I have those issues uh, planned out, but I'm not sure when I will, when I will get to that because, uh, there's some other Wolverine stuff that I was actually looking to, to cover. So I don't know, uh, when to expect more talking snicked. Hopefully we'll at least get the Omega red and the, uh, scripted podcast episodes before the end of this year. I know there's only about two months, give or take two months in a week uh, of the year left. Uh, as for snick tunes, I'm still working on getting that guest back. Uh, I haven't heard from her in uh, like a month now. So uh, I'm working on getting her her back on the podcast so we can cover the episode of X-Men, the animated series that she originally wanted to cover. Um, and then after that, I think uh, there's only like one more episode in season three, which is pretty crazy. If you look back, we've gotten uh, seasons two and three completed in the year 2022. And, uh, move, you know, going forward, I do plan on, uh, doing more of the live commentary episodes, uh, to help speed things along as well as anything with, uh, any episode that was a two-part episode, just doing it as like a monster breakdown episode, but only as, as one episode so that we can make sure that we are getting through seasons four and five before X-Men 97 finally is upon us, which, uh, you know, is fall of next year. Hopefully by this time next year, we will be, uh, you know, watching X-Men 97 as it's dropping and, and talking about it here on, on Snick tunes on this talking Snick feed. So, so that's it. As far as announcements go, um, if you like the show, you can always reach out to me via email and ask questions, provide feedback, request topics, whatever, you know, just, uh, it, it, you think I'm doing a great job, send me an email and let me know. If you think I'm doing terrible, likewise, send me an email, let me know, and uh, maybe there's something I can fix or, or something I can do to make it more enjoyable for your listening experience. Uh, but otherwise, you know, if email is not really your thing, you're more of a of a social butterfly, you'd like to interact and all that, then, uh, you know, check out the Talkin' Snick Discord. It's, uh, it's not going to take up a whole lot of your time. And if you're a Wolverine fan, if you're an X-Men fan, if you've liked the various guest hosts that I've had on for Snicktoons, like most of them are are part of the Discord. So you'd be able to interact with, with them as well, which is a, especially nice for some of my guests that don't have their own podcasts or their own areas where they, they have their own fans. Uh, so yeah, like I said, if, uh, if social interaction is your thing, then uh, check out the Talkin' Snicked Discord. There are links, there will be a link for it in the show notes. So I think that is it. Auf Wiedersehen, mein Freund. <laughs>